Well, I'm uh, pleasantly surprised at the um, the way the volume on the last podcast, how it turned out and everything. Um, I'm hand-doing my feeds on it. And, uh, first, let me say, Happy New Year. And I'm keeping my voice low because I got my parents in the background and everything. Man, I feel like I'm straight out of a movie sometimes. Grandma's boy or mama's boy or daddy's boy or whatever. Living at my parents' house at my age. Shouldn't I have a job? Eh, no. Training for whatever. So, anyways, um... With that said, that happy new year and everything, uh, I've been obsessing over a couple things. Uh, basically, Watch Dogs has consumed my time. I've been, Watch Dogs 2, been enjoying the fuck out of that game. So, to the developers, Ubisoft and whatever hackers put this thing together, because clearly it's definitely got some really great programmers and hackers that put this thing together. Uh, I love you. You guys are awesome. Um, the, the ideas, the concepts, it's just fun. It really is fun. So, I'm having a great time going around. I just went through all the graffiti missions today. Something I wouldn't do in real life, and I kind of have a little disdain for people that that are doing it in real life, but uh, in a virtual environment and everything, um, it's good fun to have. In real life, I'm just not a fan of it, you know? So... In any case, it definitely puts things in perspective, the things that I do see in real life. I just wish I didn't see so much of it in real life. So, that and the ghetto, nasty, homeless shit that I had to go through and everything. It's just like, yeah, it definitely puts things in perspective, being in their shoes. But to actually, nah, just not the place I want to be and... I don't know. I see a lot of it in Watch Dogs, too. So, all I can say is, you know, if you do have some control over the content that you actually see in these cities, um, which I'm not sure how much you actually can control, because of what I've learned, I had assumed, you know, that these games were, you know, had been before, been coded from the ground up, and, you know, had basically... Everything, everything, you know, from the homeless people to, you know, to the AI, to the scripted behavior, to um, the vehicles, the, you know, I had assumed all of it, every single piece of it before. This is my naive mindset and everything. I had assumed that it had all been programmed before. Since then, I've learned a lot of lessons about what reality is and what it isn't. And as a result, it's um, it's been eye-opening. So whatever content that you do have in creating these games, Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs 2 and Grand Theft Auto and that kind of stuff, um, create a few little less ghetto-type stuff. You're doing a great job. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, that are just segmented a little bit better. You know, like the, the shootouts and, you know, the shit like that. It's just like... I kind of like, I, I like going, I like having areas of town that you can know you go to, 
you know, and you know you're going to be in a relatively calm place and everything. You might go to, you know, it's like going to Los Angeles. You go to Compton, you know you're going to be coming across some trouble, right? You go to Beverly Hills, you know, in a general sense, it's going to be, you know, a little bit snooty, you know. Um, uh, but it's a little bit more profound, the difference, over in a place like Scottsdale, Arizona, where, you know, in a general sense, it's just like people don't want to really go out of their way to go over to those places. You go to downtown Phoenix or something like that. Um, I mean, it's very similar, you know, to to that. And that's what I'm trying to say is you're not going to find a, a massive shootout in Scottsdale or, you know, for that matter, Beverly Hills. You know, so in any case, um, you don't, you're really not going to find a massive shootout on a regular basis in, in any of these cities. So why it's happening all the time in Watch Dogs 2 is really kind of weird. So that's actually the only real, you know, kind of complaint is everybody seems like they're ready to beat the shit out of each other. I mean, I could be walking across the street and all of a sudden somebody wallops on somebody else. Just like, that's kind of bizarre. Why would the coders program that? You know, assuming, of course, it is programmed. <coughs> and that's going back to, I don't know how much of this behavior is programmed and how much isn't. So, in any case, um, I'm, I'm not going to complain about the game. Um, well, those are, like, what I consider my only, you could call them peripheral complaints, because the game's just awesome. I mean, the puzzles are awesome, the, you know, trying to get to the different locations and everything, and, you know, the concepts that it's teaching me, you know, from a hacking perspective and everything, or things I hadn't really considered before. I mean... I'd always thought about hacking cameras, but not hacking a camera to then get an idea of the other cameras in the area, um, leveraging all the you know sensors within the camera, such as infrared, such as most cameras come with um, a whole wide spectrum of different visibility type capabilities on it. You know, you take uh, take the Kinect, for instance, it has infrared directly on the camera. Well, most cameras do. I mean, they have a range that actually sees outside the visible range. You know, and the cool thing is you can actually see, see electromagnetism with it too, and as a result, you can actually get a whole idea of what's in the area and everything from an electromagnetic spectrum, things that actually acquire information via this. So, you know, the idea of hacking a camera to then get an idea of all the cameras that are within range of that camera to then hack another camera, you know, that you may not have seen before to then keep on hacking, you know, I, I, that's one of the things I love about this is I can hack an entire company by basically hacking one computer, then hacking, hacking, hacking all the way through the different computers all I'm doing is hacking what I see within visible range of, com of, you know, within cameras, and boom, I'm all of a sudden worked my way through the entire building and everything, and I'm sitting off to the side outside the building altogether doing all this, you know, so meanwhile they're looking for somebody inside, and I'm, I'm on the outside entirely. I love that. Fucking awesome. Had never... Oh, it's just brilliant. Brilliant, that's what I can say. So, anyways, um, yeah, I ended up, um, going through a couple missions. One of the big ones was 
you had to get to different locations inside uh, inside the game that uh, are really hard to get to, you know, increasingly difficult where basically you've got to get up high levels and everything uh, on buildings and that kind of stuff to basically paint over billboards and alter them physically to put DeadSec, which is the name of the ha hacking group, on the side of buildings, on billboards, um, on in the enemy territory, etc., etc. And uh, that was just fun. It was just good, solid fun. I'm having so much fun with the side missions on this thing. I mean, even the main mission itself is actually kind of interesting. You know, but I just don't want the thing to end that quick. So I'm just basically dilly-dallying with the side missions, at, uh, enjoying them, and just going to check them out. And, you know, it's just, I ended up, uh, the funny thing is there's a uh, there's an Uber-like application that you can actually run on your phone that you can actually be a taxi if you want to. So I ran quite a few of those today as well, just checking out the different uh, possibilities with that. And it's just like, huh, this is actually kind of cool. And I got a kick out of one of the uh, conversations with one of the passengers ends up saying, so you're into robotics and you know all this stuff? What are you doing driving a taxi? And uh, his response was, this is how I get my information. <laughs> I just, it's... The dialogue's cool, it's just fun. So, um, then I took my character down, my avatar down to, uh, down to the really ritzy nice place and dressed him in the poshest clothes I could possi possibly find and everything, so now he's pimping. So, anyways. Yeah, to some degree it's just like... Uh, it'd be nice to actually have the favor returned if anybody could actually ever help me out like that, but uh, I doubt that's even possible. So, in any case, um, I've just been thoroughly enjoying the thing. So, with that said, uh, I've actually been going through and making, uh, making some decent modifications to uh, Grand Theft Auto as well. And in the last two days, I've altered two complete zones, so I have figured out the scheme to it. And the scheme is relatively, relatively, um, once you figure it out, it's relatively straightforward. So, basically every area is a, uh, every, I've said this before, it can be a block, it could be four blocks, it can be the distance for an area that an area is covered for its assets is arbitrary. Um, there's a map, and the map actually has a list of some of the locations, um, but there's a uh, Beverly Hills type area, which is Rockford Hills, there's um, Sunset Strip area, and each area in itself um, contains assets. Um, and uh, it's what I've learned is there's two primary files. Well, okay. So once what I've what I've done is I've looked. I'm gonna pull up. Uh, I've got something called OpenIV, and uh, this can actually. I'm gonna tell you where you can obtain this at. 
I know I've put it down on the blog before, but it's the ultimate modding tool for GTA 5, GTA 4, and Max Payne 3, and it's OpenIV.com. And um, this tool um, helps you open, it opens up the RPF files, and once you, uh, do the, uh, you open up the RPF files, um, I look for SS1 underscore, I, I worked on 1.3 today. So SS1 underscore 13 dot RPF. Hold on, I'm going to open this puppy real quick. I just, uh, and in this is X64. So this is actually contained within X64L dot RPF, and it's underneath levels, GTA 5, underscore city E, underscore, or it's underscore city E, sunset, and SS1 underscore 13 dot RPF. Now, how I've been locating these things is basically um, everything is contained within a, a, a sectional range. Now, now that I'm starting to understand the, the areas, the locations and everything, um, there's a couple asset files that are larger. So if you look in, first thing is trying to tra track down the area. And the simple fact of the matter is you have to learn the areas. You have to understand where they are, um, what area they pertain to. So I've been focused on Beverly Hills and Sunset Strip, and I know the moment that I start going to BT, um, you know, to the airport, to Koreatown, that I'm going to have to learn those areas as well, and which zone. So, underneath Sunset is BT underscore, or it's BT1 underscore 01, um, which uh, basically it's, it makes the, the SS1 underscore 01s make more sense. I don't know the BT1s underscore 01. So the SS1, Sunset Strip 1, underscore 01.rpf, all the way to 5th to 14. How I've been finding these assets is just basically pop open the area once I've located the specific area that something's in. Um, well, I can't say that. I've been looking for the specific billboards by opening up a YTD file. Now the YTD file is a text, it's referred to as a texture dictionary. So what I end up doing to look for the specific billboards, they will be the biggest assets and as a result um, I look for SS1 underscore 13 underscore BLD plus high dot YTD and I look at the size and it's 6,000 kilobytes. So I double click on that, I open that up, and I see a wall texture, I see a whole bunch of different textures, um, I see a for lease and a for rent sign, um, I see some parking signs, but I don't see the billboard ads. So that's actually what I do, is I just look for the biggest files first, and I, once I target those, um, typically I'll find it within four or five different files, I'll find whatever billboard I'm looking for. In this case here I found SS1 underscore 13 underscore ground plus high dot YTD and at the very end of that or near the end is SS1 underscore 13 underscore ground dot underscore ADS ads 
and at that point those are the things that I actually worked on in order to uh, to replace. Now they had lower resolution textures in there. Um, I ended up upgrading the resolution so it was 1020 it was 512 by 256 for each ad. I ended up upgrading it to 1024 by 256. So there um, it, basically um, Grand, Grand Theft Auto leverages OpenGL primitive um, types, or I think that's a bad word. I'm still learning my lingo when it comes down to the textures and that kind of stuff. But uh, basically, OpenGL itself leverages textures that are 2 to the nth power in size. So you can take something that's anything from 2 to the 1th, you know, which is 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 512, 1024, 2048, 4096, and so on and so forth. Um, I think there is a maximum of 8192 to be honest, but I'm not too sure. Um, all I've gotten to a maximum so far of dealing with in Grand Theft Auto is 2048. So what happens is OpenGL um, leverage, and that's, that's the way OpenGL works, is you bring a texture into memory at this point, and once you bring that texture into memory, um, you manipulate that texture in memory and do your scaling and everything from there. So it appears like they're using OpenGL for um, you know, for the manipulation of the textures within this, and that's, it makes it easy because, you know, if there is some re lower resolution textures, you can actually replace it with a higher resolution texture, understanding the rule. If it's 2 to the nth power, you could increase it by an exponential power of 1, and at that point, um, you know, go to the next size. So the original image was 1024 by 512 um, for four ads that were on it, which basically means you're left with a 512 by 256 ad, um, which, you know, once you get close, you can actually see the, the artifacts of a digital ad and everything, um, unless you get real close or unless unless you actually increase the resolution so that's what I did I increased the resolution on these ads to or to for the whole ad the four ads altogether to 2048 by 1024 and the the effect is I mean it looks pretty good you know so it actually comes up and each ad is you know the high resolution texture like I expected it to be and it's I mean where are they? There they are. I mean, it's basically, it's photo, you know, it's, a, it's like a photo. You know, so, what I'm doing, and, yeah, so, you know, what I have is, uh, I'm just, basically, like I said yesterday, I'm taking some of my favorite nude in public photos, you know, and also some of my just, my favorite nudes altogether. And damn it, one, two, three, four. I had duplicated one. It's in two different places. Oh, that's annoying. Oh no, no, that's what I've got to do. It's not duplicated. Uh, it's, yeah, so that's actually a, a part of the problem. So, um, now. There is no failsafe, so uh, I feel like I'm going around in circles tonight on this topic. So what I ended up doing is going through SS1 underscore 12 
and SS1 underscore 13, the images for each one in, in both of them. And uh, I basically replaced it with nudes and uh, one that was, you know, a little bit, a couple of them that are, let's go back and let's say, I want to see if it's one I was thinking of. Yeah, one's from the movie The Sex Files. It's a um, an adult movie take off of The X Files, and it's got a David Duchovny character going down on some girl. So it's it's prominently there next to Sunset. You'll see on the uh, when I post this and everything with it. But uh, everything else is, you know, basically it's just nudes. I mean, that's all they are. It's just, you know. There's going to be the occasional sex picture that I'm going to put up and everything, but for the most part, I'm just going to focus on, you know, doing the nudes that I've always enjoyed and everything. So one of the problems I'm having um, with putting these images up so fast and everything is something I mentioned before, which is scaling. So basically, you put up an image and. Um, if you've got a, a 1024 by 512 image of something, you know, that uh, it, it looks perfect in its given state and everything, and then you throw it up on a billboard, well, the problem that exists is that billboard isn't, uh, isn't the same size. Now, I, I know I've talked about that before, you know, um, and in a lot of cases, the billboard's shorter in factor, so instead of being 1024 by, you know, 334, um, an, an, or an image, I'm 1024 by 4 by, by 512, the scaling on the image uh, would require me to actually scale it to 334. So basically, any image I'm going to have to put in, I'm actually going to have to counter that scaling. So if things appear shorter, you know, in this case right here, I've got a woman that looks you know, she looks a lot longer than she really is, you know, and it's just because it's, you know, the image is, is flattened and everything, you know, so I have to basically scale the image and make it a little bit larger before committing it to the 512, but, but, you know, 512 image, 512 in height image, and at that point, um, I'm fitting a little bit less on for these images and everything because I'm actually having to compensate for the scaling. That's just a pain in the fucking ass. So, like I said, I'm being lazy, you know, for these images. I'm putting up the idea and the concept, um, and uh, just basically, some of them come across and translate awesome. Some of them don't, you know. That's and that's okay. That's I'm accepting the imperfections and just basically more interested in just converting the images and getting images up to get the ideas and concepts out there. You know, that uh, I'm just going through and making blanket changes to the entire city and everything. You know, but once I'm done with that, well, at that point, just, you know, all, like I said, onesie-twosie. You know, I've got, I'll have directories created on my, on my hard drive and everything for each of these different locations. I'll know where they're at, and I'll look at the original images, and I'll, I'll deal with the scaling on an image-by-image -image basis whenever I start really putting what I consider, you know, to be the quote-unquote final copy images that are going to go in place and everything. So, yeah, so I ended up um, replacing, what, about ten images over the last couple days and everything. And it uh, it looks pretty good. Got uh, one of my favorite girls. She's doing a little, little uh, spider pose. Yeah, well, it's just ah, beautiful girl, Sabrisa. Um, 
another one that's uh, she's jogging naked, and I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out a way to actually the billboard itself is a, it's a three-sided billboard, and I'm gonna figure out a way to um, to basically make it so where I have her jogging from different perspectives and everything on that billboard. She's jogging completely butt-ass naked. That's the fun part. Um, yeah, other than that, just going through and making these modifications and everything. So, learning about the system and everything. So, what I've learned, um, the major things that I've learned is every image itself for a billboard, um, and I'm suspecting most assets in the game and everything, um, have three, uh, f we'll say four primary resolutions to it. So, um, the one resolution that, that it has is the full scale resolution, so it's as close as you get, you know, to the image and everything, and that's basically going to be the the largest copy, which is basically it's in most cases it's 1024 by two by fit by 512. Um, I'm upgrading a lot of those to 2048 by by uh, by 1024. So that's that's the primary resolution. Now then, there's another scaled down version, and that itself is contained within a different asset file. So they've got a high resolution texture associated with a, with every image, and then they've got a quote unquote regular resolution texture. And uh, this is for the billboard ads and everything. And then they've got something they refer to as an LOD image. Um, so, like I would find under the SS1 underscore 13, um, I would find at least two um, billboard uh, images for one billboard and everything. And then there's a, a chance chances in 100% that I'm going to find an LOD texture for it in there too. Now the LODs are typically for some of the larger images, not for the uh, for the larger billboards, not for not for the regular size ones. So something like Supergirl or Miley Cyrus, um, those are the ones that are going to have the LOD image directly in SS1 underscore um, that RPF file. Then there's Sunset, which is a an LOD, um, or that's, it's basically the model area for the entire area uh, that that I'm referring to. You know, so SS1 underscore 01 um, through SS1 underscore 04 and 05 are going to contain uh, several different images and everything. Um, you know, for the billboards and everything, and then each of these is contained within an area, within an area, and that area in this case is sunset.rpf. Well, what that means is um, everything for that sunset area is going to contain now two different RPF, uh, or I'm sorry, two different textures. One is going to be the they refer to it as the LOD uh, texture for the sunset area. So this is even a, a more scaled down version in contrast to an LOD that might be in the respective area itself. So this is actually for the entire sunset area. And then, in addition to that, you've got a final um, LOD texture. So basically you'll have anywhere between three um, up to five different images associated for each one and uh, that's 
you know, just basically the, the whole thing is making sure that I go to both the area that I'm in and um, then the blanket area that's above it too. So now there's also a caveat on this too. There's something called a YDR and they call it a resource and that resource is, is a model and uh, the model itself can and quite often does contain the texture itself directly embedded in there. So I've got a for instance here. Um, I've got in the, in the SS1 underscore 1 3 area. I'm going to save this real quick and get out. There's a there was an ad for an IMAX that was directly above the four lease building. Um, right next to Carney's and this is actually right next to the three the three thing running or the three billboard so that's actually now um, just a naked girl you can just see her ass and everything it's one of my favorite images there now, all of them are all these are my favorite but in this case here um, there was an IMAX ad directly on top of that building and uh, I've since changed it. Now the only way to change this image, this is a rarity, the only way to change this image is through the YDR resource on the model itself. So th the model actually has an embedded texture. And this is the overall inconsistencies that can happen with this. So sometimes, you know, when, and it just, it really is hit and miss. You know, so for every image, you just got to do the investigation to figure out, you know, which one it has. You know, does it have a texture file? If so, then, you know, every one has a texture file, you know, but does it link the texture file, you know, dynamically? You know, some do. Um, some don't. Some actually embed the resources, you know, to the model. So a good, for instance, is the PETA. Um, the PETA one, both embedded the texture directly into the model itself and it also um, especially for the yellow D's uh, leveraged the texture the further that you get away and the reason it did that is because as it curves around um, curves around the building and everything it's you know scaling that when you're up close and everything you know you you have to actually take into account the three different segments you know, primary segments of that image. You know, so you've got a, if you've got a corner, a 90 degree corner, and, but there's a, a flat part of that corner, and this is actually how it worked, um, that flat part of the corner contains one segment of the PETA image, and the other, other two segments of the 90 degree angle contain two different parts. Well, when you're further away, um, you can scale that, you know, with an LOD texture, and, you know, basically you're only seeing 128 by 64 pixels, you know, it's going to be really hard to tell the difference visually, you know, what you're looking at and everything. So, in any case, um, that's, I mean, the scaling and everything for these and, you know, just being able to, what, what Rockstar has done is they've done a great job at making sure each of these images, as you get closer and everything, um, has, a, has a great scaling, you know, when you get closer to it and everything, you don't see the, the textures themselves 
and in the building, the building models themselves, you don't see them scale and descale and all of that. You don't see the high resolution textures pop in um, unless you're, you know what to look for. Uh, like I do, you know, you don't see those high resolution textures start coming to life and everything until you actually get start getting close. Now I'm looking at a building and I haven't touched this model at all, and this is this is the pre-existing, um, but I'm above the eye line and everything for this. So um, basically, or I'm above, you know, so I'm about to, I'm floating about a hundred feet above ground level and everything. So this isn't in intended, not something easy to look for. But um, there's a building, it's a 15-story building, and it's just south of, oh, what is it? And I'm referring to south of Sunset Strip as the airport and everything, so this all to me, I'm basically interesting. I never thought about it like that. Eh, sorry, thinking something separately. So they've got a building here called the Eclipse Lounge. Now, the Eclipse Lounge, just south of that building... So, north is a Hollywood sign, um, south is the airport, so just to give you a bearing, and Sunset Strip is where Eclipse Lounge is. There's a uh, about a 15-story building. Now, I'm maybe 250 to, no, I'm more like 500 feet away. Then I start backing up rapidly, and at about 700, 800, there we go. So at, the, at about the 800 mark, I see the vines and the plants disappear off the wall. Now I know at that point that's because the lower resolution model for that building is being loaded. You know, so if you're at the ground and you're actually looking up and you see this building and everything, you know, within this virtual world, you know, you can, you would definitely notice it. But the thing is, you know, there's nothing. I'm going to actually go to the ground level and see if you can actually see it. So I'm at the ground level and I'm backing up away from it at about the same distance. And, yeah, you definitely see it, but you have to be looking for it. I mean, no, you don't really have to be looking for it, but uh, you definitely have to look at it to see it happen. So what happens is that uh, the higher resolution model for the building has, has on it um, basically plant growth on the side of it. So it has like a... Uh, some vines, some it looks like somebody's actually, you know, there's, or hold on. Oh no, it's scarring. Yeah, it is vines. So it's basically, it's, you know, people have grown vines or something like that over, over the side. You get close to it and you see it's like flowers and that kind of stuff that looks like people may have been growing off their balconies or something like that. And, um, but as you go, get further away, you see that those things completely disappear and all you see is basically a bare model. You know, so the bare model is just the building itself without the vines, you know, without that high resolution stuff and every higher resolution stuff on it. So, you know, and the same thing holds true for the textures and the billboards and everything. Closer that you get, you know, you see it scale in. And I'm trying to actually make it so where mine, you don't see, you know, the, the, the alteration between a lower resolution, 
versus a higher resolution as they come in. And that's really important to me. I don't want the facade, you know, of my world, you know, I would actually make it so where I would pay more attention to these models. How I would do that, I don't know. You know, that's a, that's a great question to get there. But I like the idea of having consistency of the models. I mean, let's say this is your real world, you know, and you're paying attention to building in the distance, and all of a sudden, boom, you see plant growth on the side where you didn't before. Well, you take a step back, you take 15 steps back, and all of a sudden, boom, plant growth is gone. Now, you rub your eyes, you know, and it's just like, whoa. You walk closer, boom, it's there. You walk further away, boom, it's gone. You know for certain that it's there. You know, that it was there one moment, that, that it wasn't there. It's not your eyes playing tricks on you or anything like that. Well, I don't like that idea. I like the facade. If I'm in a matrix or something like that, or some kind of simulation, I like the belief that this is reality, you know, at all times. I don't want to know, you know, that this is, you know, that these are models being loaded and that kind of stuff. You know, um, I mean, even if I'm working on this actively, you know, I don't want to know that, uh, I don't want the, the whole concept and idea that this is a world that I'm creating, um, especially a three-dimensional world, you know, I don't want it to be blown. You know, I like the idea of having it be consistent, of of not seeing, you know, the higher resolution textures blend in and the lower resolution ones work out. So, I know, you know, that uh, I'm going to have to put a lot more TLC into these billboards and everything, you know, like I did some of the original ones, you know, so I've got my version one where you, you fly up to it and it's just like, you see absolutely no no deviation whatsoever. Now, I worked fucking hard on this one, you know, so as you go further away, you don't see it dithering. At all. You don't see any adjustment, no changes, no nothing. No alteration whatsoever, so whether or not you're a mile away, you know, or come in close to literally five feet away, um, and the five feet away is the only time that you actually see the digital artifacts. And that's just because, you know, it in itself, that's the texture that actually goes on, you know, to the side of an ad. Now, I don't want to see that kind of shit in, uh, in normal stuff, like a tree or, you know, like a, a car or something like that. I don't want to see artifacts of, of the digital world. Plain and simple. I don't want to see it. You know, so that's my goal is once I actually start getting into making modifications for the other st other textures, I'm going to understand, you know, the, the models and how they work and the LODs and how they work and, you know, basically all this shit and, and how to make it so where this shit doesn't happen on a regular basis and everything. So, in any case, um, I don't know why I'm belaboring that point or anything like that as I'm flying around when I should be going and fixing that one model. So what I did was I duplicated a model uh, or a texture and I'm trying hard to make it so where I have one image per um, per section of or per area in the billboard. So basically, there's only one location that I can actually load an image. And if there's multiple billboards that appear to have that same image, I want to be damn sure that there's only that one location that I'm leveraging that texture in. 
you know so basically if if I replace an image for one texture and let's say that texture is reused in two different locations well that's something I know you know that's something I've got to learn you know it's like this girl running thing I think that's one in the same texture and it's just basically pasted all around that uh, that one billboard on three different sides to it now I don't think there's anything I could really do about that you know so basically I've got to say okay well anytime I make modifications to that billboard I just have to keep that in mind you know I make a change on one side it's gonna change it on all three you know so that's just something to be aware of so in this one case here you know making changes to the one what used to be the IMAX billboard it's the model now I've got to find a better texture for that model and I had one and I'm finding it. So, in any case, that's actually what I've been doing. It's just basically going through and making alterations. So, like, as usual, I'm going to have... Ooh, here's a good one. A girl shaving her vagina on the back of the boat. You know, I found um, this website called... Back in 2002, 2003, I found that, this, uh, this thing, yeah, literally 2002, 2003. And uh, among the reasons I looked forward to going to Czech Republic and Croatia and Bulgaria and Slovakia and all that shit and everything back in 2002 or 2004 was uh, I just I wanted to see the countries that allowed this, you know, allowed women to walk around completely butt-ass naked without getting arrested or anything like that. Because here in the U.S., I mean... You know, we've got some more stringent, or more stringent laws than I, or less stringent laws than I first assumed. Um, but there's still, there is definitely some work that needs to go on with them. Anyways, part of the reason I ended up going overseas was I just wanted to see, you know, A, um, just what kind of country would, would allow this, because I enjoyed it, and B, um, you know, just if I would actually see some of it myself. I mean, I love the stuff myself. Absolutely fucking love it. So, in any case, I didn't quite see what I was looking for or anything like that, but I still loved the website. I've always loved the website, and I love, you know, exhibitionism altogether for women. I'm, I myself, I've been an exhibitionist, exhibitionistic in the past, but nowhere near what my enjoyment is in, in watching a woman. You know, so, I don't know, it's just something that I thoroughly enjoy. So, in any case, it's just, you know, with that said, it's just, uh, it's been something that, uh, over the years, I've accumulated a, a, a rather large collection, and I would go so far as I'd say 80% of it is just basically women doing pretty much anything they want to in public. You know, I mean, when it comes down to being naked and everything, some are dancing, some are, you know, in this case, there's a woman that's shaving her, her pussy, um, you know, it's just like, I mean, things that are completely normal, 
you know, to do inside of a house. Um, but, you know, outdoors and everything, it's just like, I don't know, the way I've always looked at it is, why? I mean, I, that's a question I've had in my mind for a long time. Why? Why is there the anti-nudity laws to begin with? That doesn't make sense to me. Why is it a woman can't bear her breast and a man can? You know, why is it there's, you know, it's considered quote-unquote indecent, you know, for a man or a woman to show, you know, to basically be naked and everything? You know, this stuff is, you know, I mean, I've, I've since learned a lot about the world and learned a lot about consumerism and learned a lot of possibilities that basically the textile industry itself could have been responsible. Um, there's other responsibilities such as humans trying to differentiate themselves from animals and basically creating clothes in order to create that differentiation um, all the way to... Um, the enhancement of the image and the the self-awareness of image and individuality. Um, there's any number of different reasons why, you know, the whole concept of, of nudity um, has been kind of like taboo, you know, in public and everything. But now that we've advanced to such a degree as a society and everything, um, it's a type of thing that I don't think that should it should be on the law books at all. You know, so we'll put it this way. If you, if you as a woman, um, or a dude, you know, for that matter, but especially a woman, you know, because women in itself, I think, is something I definitely want to see more of. You know, but if you as a woman want to head out dancing with your friends and everything one night, you know, I love the idea of inviting you to do that, to basically leave your clothes at home and have fun. Just enjoy yourself. You know, sure, I'm probably going to show up and just kick back and maybe have a drink at these places if I, you know, if I have an income or something like that, and just kick back and watch, you know, or, you know, hell, if you approach me and he asks me if you want to, you and your friend want to work on me with a blowjob and everything, fuck yeah, I'm there, you know, probably, you know, sometimes I'm just going to kick back and watch. I like the idea of, of basically sexuality and nudity being um, something that's taken off the law books altogether. Um, and society self-regulates when it comes down to this. You know, so the idea, and this is actually, um, I, I wrote Bill Gates today. Um, I've written Bill Gates quite a few times, never received a response or anything like that. But this time, it was different. Um, I ended up writing Bill Gates, and I sent him a message, and I said, Look, you know, um, I've got another business idea. Here's the idea. I myself, I saw an ad for a tea, for a um, a restaurant called Beavers a couple years ago. It was on Comedy Central. Now, I myself, um, I looked at the ad and I rewatched the ad a couple times, and it's just like, Jesus, this this doesn't look. I mean, I took a look and I blew up the images, and you know, I'm just like, on this looks censored. It doesn't look like the women are actually wearing wearing anything down below, you know, and there's kids in the ad, and there's all this other stuff, and I was kind of blown away, I mean, I went through, and I poured through every image, you know, in it, and it, it, it was either really, really good fakery with, that was done with the image to basically, um, take it and make it so where it, the women looked nude at first, and then they blurred it afterwards, you know, or 
it was blurred, and, and they were originally nude, one or the other. So, I myself, I, I wrote in, you know, to Comedy Central, and I said, can I have access to whatever original artwork that you have for these videos? I mean, I'm just interested. You know, I want to, I mean, I myself, I was interested in, in the software and also the knowledge that went into if it was fake, creating the fake, you know, and if it was real, you know, wow, I mean, so, anyways, I wrote Bill Gates today, and I said, look, there's a an ad for a restaurant called Beavers. Now, it's basically, it's, it's a restaurant that, it's a lot like Hooters, that uh, the women don't wear bottoms. They're completely nude from the bottom down. Of course, they wear shoes, you know, but uh, they don't wear anything else. You know, they basically have a, a short top, you know, that uh, is along the same lines as like a Hooters, you know, but it's a family-oriented restaurant. Well, I so I took a look at the laws, you know, for Vancouver, for Washington in general, too, when it came down to public... Uh, public nudity. And the laws are really interesting, you know, and this is actually how they've been, how, how they've been, uh, doing, um, when it comes down to, uh, some of the naked bike rides and that kind of stuff. And, uh, just recently they also had, um, some gay, you know, some, it was like a gay pride festival or something like that in Portland, where Moros, you know, every every guy that was down there was completely naked and everything, and the police didn't do anything about it. Well, if you look at the, if you look at the um, the the law itself, you'll see that the law basically says you can't uh, you can't do lewd uh, behavior. You know, you it doesn't say anything about specifics when it comes down to nudity, but it actually gets into lewd behavior, what can be considered lewd or offensive behavior. Well, just the naked body alone itself cannot be deemed an offensive behavior, an affront to people and everything. You know, if so, then basically half the museums that uh, that have any kind of fine art or anything like that, they're going to have to censor their stuff. You know, so that's that in itself is is something that's just like whether or not you actually have it on canvas or in person or something like that. Um, you're more or less going to have to have to learn how to, you know, that the law itself is going to have to apply ubiquitously. You know, not just to the person that's walking around, but also to the things that you have for artwork and that kind of stuff. Portland understands this, you know? They completely understand that. And Los Angeles is starting to get the hint, too. So, anyways, um, now, there's one thing that's actually kind of like a, a little bit of a stickler here in, in the state of Washington, and that's specifically the closet says, Anything that uh, is that's presented to a child that's 15 or younger is considered a um, more or less a, the language makes it seem like it's a, a felony type offense and everything. So here's the thing: if it's considered um, lewd behavior, you know, we'll, we'll put it this way: ma masturbation, sexuality, you know, something like that in public and that kind of stuff. 
sure by current standards that could be considered lewd behavior you know but somebody walking around butt-ass naked or something like that that's that's that fine line and uh, it's not a fine line anymore you know this is actually what society is trying to say and this is what I'm in complete agreement with you know me walking around with a heart on doesn't indicate sexuality you know yes it uh, it's a state of humanity but you know if I'm to lose control and actually get a heart on while I'm out and about this isn't lewd behavior lewd behavior is doing something about it you know and this is actually that fine line that the that the law is starting to understand thoughts alone you know and those thoughts may may cause a physical reaction but that that's not what's illegal you know what's illegal is basically you know taking it and just masturbating you know or you know going through and you know taking somebody and slamming up up against the wall and you know sticking my dick in her or something like that that's that's what where you walk that li that line and you cross firmly over that line and that's where it's wrong so for me it's just like I, I think that's been the problem with me always you know considering you know I went to a place called Little Makina it's a uh, nude beach over and um over in Maui, and when I went there, the, the weirdest thing um, happened. I went there, and I was literally, literally the only male on the beach. I don't know what was going on that day, you know, but uh, my wife even commented on it. It's just like, she goes, is, it, is there a bunch of lesbians in town this week? And I'm just like, um... So here I went to Nude Beach, and this is my first time that I'd ever gone to a Nude Beach at all. I'm not comfortable being seen in public by anybody and everything. And uh, we went to this place, and it was just like, you know, I mean, she knew about it. I didn't. She's the one that pointed it out, and that I would tell you, it's just like, okay, there's something going on here. No, my wife wasn't a lesbian, but, you know, it was definitely one of those things that... Uh, made me think so anyways we show up there and uh i'm looking around and i'm all going lisa i'm the only dude out here you know and there's probably about 40 people all together you know and um it was you know it was just a weird i mean there was nothing absolutely nothing sexual about this whatsoever so I took off my clothes, and I'm just keeping to myself and everything. Well, I had to lay on my stomach for the first 20 minutes because I saw a couple girls out there, and I instantly got hard. So this was the thing that I had going through my mind was, you know, she kept telling me, roll over, don't be embarrassed by it. And I'm just like going, I'm not rolling over with the heart on out here in the, you know, with all these women around and everything. It's, it, I don't want to feel sexual about it. She goes, it's not sexual. She goes, it's just normal. And she kept trying to convince me. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going to have anything to do with it. You know, so I've since changed my philosophy, you know, on that. Um... I myself, um, there's been times where I can get hard if the wind blows. I'm not shitting you. And it, there's absolutely nothing sexual about it. And there's other times where the wind can blow at a gale force in a hurricane, and still nothing's going to affect it. It's going to flap in the wind. You know, so most of the time, a lot of times, I get stimulated, and there's absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing that that may 
intellectually um, or imaginatively be causing it to happen. Sure, there there is sometimes, you know, but in a general sense, you know, it's my heart on has has rarely been something I myself actually have that much control over. I'm sure I have some control over it, you know, a great deal of control over it, you know, but do I have absolute control over it? Fuck no. Fuck no. Not even close. You know, um, whiskey dick is something that's very, very much not uncommon for me. And not only that, but put me in situations where I'm, that are new to me, or uncomfortable, or something like that, and as a part of any, being an emotional being, my body reacts in ways that I myself don't fully, am not fully able to control sometimes, and that's certainly one of them. So on the beach that one time, you know, there was nothing overtly sexual about it. I just saw, you know, basically three, you know, women, they were, you know, in their, you know, in their teens, late teens, and I just looked at them, just like, going, okay, you know, I'm with my wife, I'm 24, 25 years old at this time, at this point, and I'm, I'm attracted to her, you know, but that wasn't what did it, what did it was looking across the beach, seeing, it didn't look like lesbian couples, it just looked like people that had come down to the beach that day and everything, and they had heard about the beach the same way my wife did, and I'm just like, going, how did you hear about this place? And, you know, I can't remember what she told me or something like that, but I'm just like, oh, this is weird. So, anyways, my heart on, after a while, dies down. And at this point, I'm just like, okay. So I roll over reluctantly. I brush myself off and everything. And uh, she goes, did you see those cute girls over there? She's trying to get a rise out of me again. And I'm just like, going, oh, you paid in the ass. You know, Lisa, stop it. She goes, okay, I'm almost done. You know, just go down there, go down to the water. She goes, I want to watch everybody. You know, so, and this is probably a little bit where I got my exhibitionist behavior and everything was certainly being inspired and instigated by her. So, I'm just like, <sighs> she goes, nobody's looking at you. She goes, I just want to make sure. And uh, I'm at this point going, okay, fine. So, I'm completely calm, sedate. I go down to the water. Water's fucking phenomenal. And uh, here I am, butt-ass naked, you know, beach full of, basically it's 50 women. And as I walk down there, I, I try not to look, but it feels like I've got eyes on me. And all I do is I just pay attention to Lisa, and I come up. And uh, Lisa, as I'm locking up and everything, she can see, see that the water's had a little effect on me, and it's gotten a little bit unflaccid, but it's not, like, you know, fully risen or anything like that. And at this point, um, I'm just, I end up laying, you know, just laying back down on my stomach to stop it. And uh, at that this point, she she smiles, she goes, you know, you had every woman looking. And I'm just like, going, oh, wonderful, thanks. She goes, no, I'm serious, it was weird. You know, it's like they all were looking at you. And I'm just like going, you know, I'm a decent looking guy. I don't, I would never call myself a great looking guy. You know, um, maybe back when I was 17 or 18, but, you know, then 24 and now, certainly not, you know. But uh, it's just the type of thing that uh, when she was telling me this, I didn't want to, I, 
I have never really wanted to be the center of attention. And then when she asserted that I was, I still didn't want to listen to it. All I know is I laid on my stomach for the next 20 minutes, and then I rolled over. And I tried very hard that day not to get hard. And I probably did maybe three times, and I kept rolling over every time. But that's the whole thing. That's actually what I've realized. You know, let's say you, you know, as a male, um, decide to go to a nightclub and everything with a uh, couple buddies, and you're feeling courageous and everything, and, you know, maybe you go with your girlfriend instead, you know, and uh, she insists that uh, that you guys go unclothed because you can. It's legal today, you know, and maybe she's so persistent and everything, she she's good with you, and, you know, you're just like, fuck it. You have a couple drinks, and boom, you go out. Well, so what happens, you know? boom, you see a couple other girls and everything, you get fully, you know, full attention. Hello. Now, in current laws, if current laws had their way, that would actually be considered offensive. And this is actually what I don't like. You know, you shouldn't be able to do whatever you want to, you know, when it comes down to it. And, and women, they don't have, you know, the obvious signs that men do. You know, that there's some kind of arousal there. None. Zero. Zilch. Now, it's my belief that men shouldn't be, you know, crucified for that, and that's among the reasons that uh, that the laws are still written like they are. So the way I look at it is, it's just like, laws concerning nudity in any form need to be taken off the books altogether. And uh, that's actually what I wrote, wrote to Bill Gates. You know, it's just basically said, look, you know, these laws are archaic, they're Puritan, they're, um, I didn't use those words or anything like that. I just basically said, look, you know, um, I'm going to need somebody with deep pockets. I'd like to change legal, uh, the law. And when it comes down to it, um, I know that this business, you know, probably isn't going to make money. I like the idea of doing it uh, classy, of making a, a great family restaurant that uh, isn't like Hooters. I mean, Hooters to me feels like a... Um, like a sports bar, you know, um, a, 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 kind of like a, uh, it doesn't feel like some place you'd want to bring the kids and everything. Well, what I'm interested in doing is, is changing in a persistent fashion the, the public mindset concerning nudity and concerning um, the human body in any state, you know, and it starts with women, you know, because women are almost there. You know, and once women alter their mindset, the men will follow. That's the way I look at it. So, the way I look at it is get the women, you know, comfortable with their own bodies and everything. Um, get the laws taken off and make it so where the women start a asking the men to do these things. And that's the reason I'm stating it like this is because of that example that I had with little Makina. I myself had been doing this prior to then, prior to Lisa anyways. I had enjoyed it. Then I got to the point where I was out and out and all of a sudden I saw other women and I realized the fundamental problem that I had, which was um, basically security, personal security, um, and my own personal insecurities concerning my sexuality. Now, you get women to basically do what they want, and the men, in my opinion, somebody such as me, who has a tendency to be insecure with the, with the body, and a lot of men are, in my opinion, 
you get men to be insecure with their body, and it's gonna it's gonna fundamentally alter the mindset of this entire country. That's the way I look at it. But the but the it has to start. That's the way I look at it with the women. Now it partially has, you know. Um, but the problem is these establishments, you know, nightclubs and uh, strip clubs and that kind of stuff. They're they're seedy. They're second class. They're um, I love them. Don't get me wrong, you know. But the thing is, the laws are still there. It still segments society. So that's actually what I'm looking at changing. You know, how is it you go about changing something like that? Well, the way I look at it is, open up a family restaurant right in the middle of uh, some place that's thoroughly traveled and everything. Um, have the cocktail, the hostesses and everything that are, you know, completely uh, naked as well, and have them occasionally walk out. You know, have an area that basically seats people on the outside and everything. Vancouver's not a great place to do this, but because it is close to my home, and because it also, it also introduces an interesting aspect, how is it you can actually have outdoor type arrangements and everything? considering the, the climate, the inclement climate here. So, there's a, ch a couple challenges there, and it's not just with the law. I mean, and that's actually why I asked Bill Gaines, you know, it's just like, you know, he's got the deep pockets to be able to fend off the lawyers, you know, to be able to help secure with the lawyers and everything, and also do with the police, and also help the girls out. You know, I'm going to have very, very specific requirements, which, you know, when it comes down to it, probably have a couple lawsuits thrown at me. Yes, I'll probably, you know, I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, the way I look at it is, this is fun. You know, I like the idea of opening up a business, you know, like this. But I know, realistically, that this isn't going to make money. It's going to change the legal system. It's going to change the mindset. You know, it's going to alter the fundamental way, you know, that, that most people look at nudity altogether. Including myself. And for me, it's a fun way to do it. You know, to create, um, to create family fare on a menu. You know, to create a restaurant. So, in any case, I'm probably never going to hear from Bill Gates or anything like that, you know, or anybody else to uh, help uh, help establish the single uh, single point of entry, which could potentially become a franchise, you know. But the way I look at it is, Comedy Channel inspired me. Create a restaurant called Beavers. Have the women appear bottomless from the from the you know from the top down. Um, have rigid requirements such as they can't be shaven. Um, they have to have a landing strip, and it has to be. Um, we're going to have rigid requirements over what it looks like, too. You know, their grooming is going to be consistent with company standards. <laughs> That's going to be the funny part. You know, to institute grooming standards for the, for the uh, female body and everything, you know, at the company level. And uh, if you do, if you uh, decide you're going to shave it off one day, well, you're not going to be coming into work that day. I think it's kind of funny. Um, you know, in a in a me kind of way, and see, this is the thing, exhibitionism and public nudity, 
it excites me, um, and it always has, but I can't especially say it excites me in a sexual way. It sex excites me in a physical way. And that's translated to sexuality. I don't know. So, anyways, I wrote that heartfelt message. You'll probably never hear anything back, and I detailed the laws and, you know, what laws we're going to be dealing with and everything. So, it'd be kind of cool to make a restaurant, you know, that uh, basically you bring your your whole family into. And it doesn't feel seedy. It actually feels like a family restaurant. Went to Red Robin last night. And Red Robin... I want to be a little bit, um, a little bit nicer than that with the feel. I'm not talking about a wrist Chris or something like that. I'm just talking about a place that you bring the family to. You know what? There's a place called Lone Star. It's over in Phoenix. It's a steakhouse. But it's a inexpensive steakhouse. They've got sawdust on the floor or something, stuff like that. And uh, I think it's called Texas Roadhouse or something like that. They did a great job with it. Maybe that's the kind of image that I'm looking for. Not necessarily sawdust on the floor. That could be hell for it. You know, it could also be kind of fun, too. I don't know yet. I don't know what the concept would be. I'd definitely have to think about it a lot if I actually ended up getting money. <laughs> but I know that's not going to happen. So... In any case, I'm going to persist with this and uh, post these images tomorrow, make the final changes to this model and everything, and uh, and post these. Um, I also ended up creating a Pinterest account. And uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's just basically a place that you go that has images that you find um, on the internet and lets you build kind of like a list of images and organize them and everything in any way that you see fit and everything. So what I've been doing is more or less coming up with ideas for ads and coming up with um, having my own ads within a, a saved image list and also ads that I find that are roughly correlated to the ideas and notions I'm trying to promote within the, pu the nude and public type imagery and everything. How is it you can actually make a female um, or a male for that matter, classy, you know, and what kind of classy settings and that kind of stuff can you actually make with imagery, you know, where people don't feel uncomfortable? And when I say people, I refer to me. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm the toughest audience when it comes down to any of this. I know that. You know, and the way I look at it is I think about myself being a little Makina. You know, or, you know, hell, the Swingers Club. You know, I went to the Swingers Club and... And it's just like, it's a seedy little place and everything, and it was just a, it was a tough, it was tough for me, altogether. So, what kind of environments can I create, or can I place these imagery around, these concepts around, and what kind of new ways can I stimulate my own mind to basically make this more acceptable, and more fun, for that matter. 
So that's actually more or less what I'm looking for. It's just different ideas and that kind of stuff. So Pinterest, um, I'm saving these to... Saving the ones that I find on the internet to my fashion. And then uh, the ones I create, I'm saving to my ads. And the the account, it's uh, Q the First Time Lord, if you're interested in following it. And uh, I just created it the other day, so I don't have many pins of things I found for fashion. But um, I'm also including, you know... Yeah, just a lot of most of the fashion stuff that I've seen so far is people that are on the catwalk, you know, where you see somebody that's, you know, boobs exposed or something like that. I'm just trying to find different ideas and concepts for what what a woman might wear, what people might wear, men or women. It's easier to find stuff for women because women love their clothes and everything, you know. But uh, what would men and women wear if you didn't have? Um, the requirement and the expectation that you actually have to cover your genitals and your tits. You know, what what different kind of outfits would you have? That's actually the question. You know, um, what are the permutations? You know, if if the whole hang-up concerning pubes and concerning, you know, ass cracks and that kind of stuff um, wasn't taboo. You know, if basically the, every part of the human body was regarded in kind of the same same fashion and everything. Well, sure, you get sexually aroused, you know, by pulling, you know, by tugging on the penis or by putting a finger in the vagina or something like that, you know, but the way I look at it is, it's just like some people get turned on, you know, by being kissed on a neck. You know, does that mean the neck shouldn't be exposed? You know, some people, um, yeah, and this is actually what I'm trying to say is, it doesn't matter, seem to matter, because some people have different fetishes. There's so many fucking fetishes out there. You know, so should you avoid? No. The way I look at it is go the opposite direction. Just show it all. Let people see it all, you know, and then from there, you know, just have fun with it. You know, what, what kind of fashion evolves from a society that doesn't have any limitations or restrictions when it comes down to what can be seen in public. Where can it go? That's actually what I'm interested in seeing. You know, if, if the trend suddenly becomes women can walk around, you know, and beavers, for instance, walk around without bottoms, well, do you see completely different outfits? Does a one-piece truly become a one-piece? I mean, that's one thing that a one-piece always, like... Anyways, do you see different types of one-pieces? I saw, um, there was a movie, uh... Oh! <sighs> the Guantanamo Bay. Um, Harold and Kumar, Guantanamo Bay. They ended up going to this uh, party, and uh, every woman there was completely butt ass, you know, butt ass naked. And it was basically bottomless. And um, one of the girls in particular, I got a kick out of. She had her uh, pubes dyed in a rainbow, and I'm just like, that would be really interesting. You're out and about, and all of a sudden you see, you know, people decorating their, you know, women decorating their pubes, you know, pubes or, and then all of a sudden I came across uh, some other ones that were shaved differently the other day. You know, one that was shaved in a teardrop. I've seen it on. You know, the uh, some of the adult sites and everything where they're shaped in a V or they've got different uh, decorations and everything for their 
you know, for their pubes, you know, where they've just shaved it in all kinds of different directions and funky things and that kind of stuff. And it's just like, you know, dyes, you know, the different dyes I've seen. Some have dyed it orange and, you know, just different colors and everything. It's just like, huh, you know, how far can you take this? You know, what, what different things can you come up with? You know, when all of a sudden, you know, it's just like you can go out in public and it was a, they had the trend of crotchless pants uh, back in the uh, 70s and everything that never really caught on. Well, what if it did catch on now? You know, what if crotchless pants, you know, came out and you didn't have to unbutton your pants or anything like that to take a dump or, you know, to take a leak as a woman? And you just basically sit down. You know, uh, what kind of decorations might you have? So, I, that's that's kind of where I'm going with all this, is how would fashion be affected? You know, would it be affected in a profound way? You know, what if, if, if a woman could make a statement by actually showing up at the red carpet and not wear clothes at all, just because she doesn't feel like being manipulated by whoever it is that she's, you know, manipulating. I had a fantasy years ago that, uh, that one of the women, you know, that I'm a photographer, it's, uh, the, the red carpet, and all of a sudden, one of the women, you know, some supermodel that I love, pulls me off to the side, and she ends up shoving her pussy in my face. That kind of stuff is just fun to imagine everything, but... What if the world was just really that much a little bit different and perverse and, you know, in a sexual way and people were just free to express themselves a little bit more, you know? What kind of world would it be? I doubt that it would really be that profoundly different than the one that I'm living in right now. Other than you probably see uh, a little bit less in the idea of panties and bras being sold, you know, or they might just change the way they're designed altogether. That's what I'm suspecting would happen. These companies would stay in business no matter what. They would just find a way to redesign their product and everything to go with the trends. So, I mean, bras that basically have nipples, you know, fully exposed. You know, shirts that, uh, I don't know. I mean, was it, uh, who's that uh, girl? Um, Rihanna. <laughs> she seems to uh, wear less and less. I think she's going to be one of the first ones that's going to go to the red carpet naked. But um, it seems like she's the only way, thing that she is wearing still is a panties, and uh, everything else is completely see-through anyways. So my bet is within the next couple of years, she's going to go completely without, without, uh, without that. But in any case... It's fun imagining this world. I think that's the thing, is any time that you start imagining things, you know, different than mainstream, you know, it's not necessarily wrong. It has a tendency to be labeled perverse and everything, but once it becomes mainstream, it stops being labeled accordingly. And it just becomes a part of fashion. It becomes a part of the world. So, in any case... It'd be cool to see men take the same route, too, eventually, in different ways. So, in any case, um, I'm going to get 
finish up with this and uh, make my changes so I can get to bed by 12. But thank you for listening.